Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Cha. Um, when they're babies, they're kind of like a really brilliant blue color. The kind of the top of their head stays this really beautiful iridescent tealish blue, and the legs and the abdomen are like a vibrant fuzzy pink. You may remember our conversation with entomologist Tad Yankoski in 2020 when the Missouri Botanical Garden senior scientist was charged with caring for egg cases holding what would become hundreds of praying mantises. The shipment was part of the black market pet trade, and the garden's ability to take the insects in saved the praying mantids from being euthanized. Because of his connections with U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service officials, Tad is saving the day yet again. This time, it's creatures with many more legs. Nearly 100 illegally transported Antilles pink-toed tarantulas. The tiny arachnids were intercepted on February 9th in California, and 98 of them are now living at the Missouri Botanical Garden Butterfly House in Chesterfield. Producer Emily Woodbury stopped by the Butterfly House on Friday to talk with the tarantula's caretakers, Tad and Mobot Invertebrate Collections Assistant, Nicole Priest. She started by asking Tad what we know about why the dime-sized tarantulas were intercepted by the government. So some of the details for this shipment have not been shared with us. Our assumption is that these tarantulas were brought into the country with good intentions. They were recently added to what's called CITES, which is an international organization or a convention that happened to protect endangered species. And because they were just recently added to their list just a few weeks ago, it was probably an accidental mistake for the importer. But unfortunately, they are considered an endangered species now. They do need extra levels of permits and paperwork and permissions, which they didn't have. So U.S. Fish and Wildlife did confiscate them for that reason. Why are they endangered? Tell us a little bit about this tarantula species. So this particular species of Tarantula, the Antilles pinkto, is native to a very small region in the Caribbean, uh, the country of Martinique. They are very isolated. There's not many of them out there in the wild where you can find them. They've been heavily collected for the pet trade. These spiders have been part of the pet trade for decades. And over time, the people in their home country are realizing that there's fewer and fewer of them in the wild because people are collecting them to sell to middlemen, to sell to wholesalers that ship them around the world for the pet trade. So the country actually reached out to CITES and said, will you please give them protection? Because we're afraid if the trend continues as it has been for the last few decades, that eventually they're going to be overcollected to the point of extinction. Wow. So the pet trade literally causing the demise of this species. Unfortunately, uh, I guess you could phrase it like that. Um, 
here at the Butterfly House and in other institutions around the country, we're really trying to focus on captive bred tarantulas and other organisms. We want to reduce or, in theory, eliminate wild collected animals that would go into the pet trade or go into insectariums like ours. And our hopes are that some of these animals that we had shipped to us last week will eventually, once they're mature, go into captive rearing programs and hopefully in the future, fewer and fewer tarantulas and other insects and arthropods will be wild collected for the pet trade or for insectarium or zoo use, and more and more will be captive bred. And now the Antilles pinkto tarantulas, they're not native to the U.S., to Missouri. Um, so I could see someone from here saying, especially, ooh, spiders, why do I care if they're endangered? Spiders are a pest. <laughs> what would you say to them about what these tarantulas provide to their native ecosystem? Tarantulas and other spiders are important predators in the ecosystem, and there can be a dramatic chain of reactions that happen when an important predator is removed. There's stories about how you know, removing the wolves from Yellowstone led to complete changes in the grassland because of all these intricate things that happen when you remove one key piece of the puzzle. And so for these spiders, they have important roles in controlling different organisms that maybe could become agriculture pests or become house pests, or perhaps they help keep certain plants in check that would be predated on by other insects. And so we never know exactly what will happen if you remove some of these predators. Uh, and so for that reason, it's important. But also we feel that every organism belongs. You know, it, it deserves to, to be there. You know, there's no such thing as a pest. We just, we label things as pests, but everything has its own role in the ecosystem. And we should add that we have photos of this tarantula species on our Twitter page at STL on air. We'll also have that up on our Facebook group and our website, stlonair.show. Um, but for those who are just listening, maybe in their cars and they can't go check out these photos yet, Nicole, can you describe this tarantula species for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is one of the most beautiful tarantula species out there. Um, in uh, its younger years, um, when they're babies, they're kind of like a really brilliant blue color. And as they mature, the kind of the top of their head stays this really beautiful iridescent tealish blue and the legs and the abdomen are like a vibrant fuzzy pink. And these are babies, adolescents, where if in human years, how would you describe these? Uh, these are almost newborn tarantulas. So they're, they're very, very small, very, very young about the size of, say, a fingernail? With its legs all spread out, um, maybe about the size of a dime or about the size of a fingernail. And what is it like to care for them? So now it's been about a week since they came into the Missouri Botanical Gardens care. What, what have you been doing to keep them alive, healthy, happy, thriving? <laughs> So we put them all into um, kind of roomier containers. We gave them some plants to climb around on and a nice substrate to keep things nice and humid. And uh, we've been feeding them mostly uh, flightless fruit flies, but some of them are even taking crickets. Now, since this is now a critically endangered species, the Antilles pink-toe tarantula, Will these tarantulas here on your shelves, will they be helping to 
bring back the species from the brink? Is there any way to do so, or are they kind of captive tarantulas from this point forward? So most of these will be captive tarantulas. Um, at this point, the goal is that the ones that are still out there in the wild will be able to recover on their own. That's sort of the, the end goal for their listing and protection. Certainly, if things continue to decline and the numbers warrant it, a lot of zoos have done captive breeding with reintroduction into the wild uh, for different species, including spiders and other arthropods. However, the goal is for these species to help maintain the populations that exist in educational facilities and the wild ones to stay wild and hopefully recover on their own. We mentioned how these tarantulas were going to be pets. Um, they were part of the pet trade. How much would one tarantula go for in the pet trade? Babies for common species may sell for as little as 5 or $10, upwards to hundreds, or in some extreme cases, even thousands of dollars. Uh, before this species was listed, a tarantula of this size could have been purchased for in the neighborhood of $50. Because it is now going to be significantly harder to purchase, because it's harder to import into the country, the price will likely go up by quite a bit. For those who are interested in getting into caring for insects, maybe especially exotic insects like these, where can they go to make sure they're going to a reputable source? The honest truth is that most of these animals are not legal to own in the, to the public. Uh, you technically need permits for things like praying mantids, and even now some spiders and things like that are being regulated by the government. So we tell people for the ones that are under you know, regulation, it's best just to view them in a zoo or an educational institution. However, there are many reputable breeders that will sell tarantulas and other arachnids that are legal to own at different pet stores or reptile shows. Most that are breeding them in captivity have proof and they can verify and show that these are being ethically sourced and that they're not you know, negatively affecting wild populations. Uh, but for the other things like walking sticks or the exotic ants or the exotic mantids, unfortunately, those need to be left in the hands of professionals that have permits for them. We're a quarantine facility to make sure that none of them could ever escape into the wild where they could hurt our natural populations of insects. And how long will these tarantulas, hopefully all 98 of them, how, how old could they get? So this is a bit of a faster-lived species. There are some species of tarantulas that can live for decades. Our longest tarantula here at the Butterfly House lived for over 26 years. However, uh, this particular species is more in the 5 to 10 years. Overall, if you could describe the work that's happening here in Chesterfield in your lab with the Missouri Botanical Garden, what are some of the long-term overall broad goals that you're working on? Well, so much of what we do revolves around conservation. Um, we partner with an organization called El Bosque Nuevo, which is a butterfly farm in Costa Rica. We get about 40% of our butterflies from them. Right now we're in the middle of Morpho Mardi Gras, and we get all of our blue morphos for that event from them. They're a nonprofit. All the money that they raise by selling butterflies to organizations like us goes into a rainforest preserve. And so we always tell our guests that your ticket, you know, that you purchase to come through the front door, helps in the end to pay for some of our butterflies, which directly saves a little piece of land in, in the rainforest of Costa Rica. 
we also are working on all of these different beetle breeding projects to try to captive rear as many of the beetles as we can so we don't have to you know use wild collected ones we're working on a project to hopefully rear some species of beetles that are native to the United States that are very difficult to breed and we're hoping to sort of crack the code for some of those so that more and more institutions around the country can be using captive reared beetles and not having to go out and collect them. That was producer Emily Woodbury in conversation with Missouri Botanical Garden Butterfly House senior entomologist Tad Yankowski and invertebrate collections assistant Nicole Priest. Tad and Nicole are currently caring for 98 Antilles pink-toed tarantulas that were illegally shipped to the U.S. on February 9th as part of the pet trade. The Butterfly House will be keeping some of the tarantulas permanently, though it will be a few months before they're on display. Visitors will be able to see them at the garden's Tacos, Tequila, and Tarantulas event on Cinco de Mayo. You can find photos of the fuzzy dime-sized arachnids on our website, stlpr.org. You can also see photos and a video of Emily feeding one of the spiders on our Instagram page. Just search for STL on air. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury. Podcast designed by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Alex Hoyer is our executive producer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.